We will be spending this portion of WGTD's morning show talking about how we can and indeed must learn to live in the moment and experience the moment, uh, to not get so caught up in a frantic race through life that we end up sort of skimming the surface and not experiencing life uh, in all of its depth and richness. Uh, The book at hand is called The Moment, A Practical Guide to Creating a Mindful Life in a Distracted World. And uh, I suspect that this is a book and a message that will speak very directly to many of you as it certainly speaks to me. Uh, The author of the book is Akim Novak, who has written extensively on this uh, this topic and uh, has worked with people in in all kinds of different situations and and settings on uh, this sort of transformative work, which can really make a a huge difference. Uh, He has been featured on National Public Radio and Fox News and 60 Minutes and so on. He has written a couple of previous books. And uh, again, this newest book, which I'm so glad to uh, be talking about, uh, is published by New Page Books, a division of Career Press, again called The Moment, a practical guide to creating a mindful life in a distracted world. Akim Novak, we welcome you to The Morning Show. It is my pleasure. Hello, Greg. Glad to be talking to you today. Uh, before we talk specifically about the book, uh, could we get a sense of when this sort of overall topic or concept uh, first became really important to you on, on a personal level before it became, in a sense, uh, your primary professional pursuit? My first career was in show business in New York. I was a professional theater director and acting coach. And, and I know you work with music a lot, so you understand the business. And I was a completely career-obsessed workaholic theater director. My feeling was always, if I don't take the next job, I will never work again. And then at some point, I just felt like I was in my mid-30s, like enough of that life. And I ran off to the small island of Tobago for a year, which is an island of 30,000 people. I windsurfed. I became a good windsurfer. I read a lot of books. And in the end, I realized that's not the life I wanted either. <laughs> so I went from one end to the other, but I, I, I really began to think about how, how do I want to experience my life? And, and that's where the journey began. Hmm. I really love the way that this book is laid out. And I also appreciate the fact in which it is surprisingly clear and specific, given the fact that we are talking mm-hmm. about uh, a number of different concepts that... Uh, one yes. can talk about in very vague terms, and, and sometimes you. the people who talk about it seem to gravitate consciously to the vaguest terms possible, and, uh, uh, and, and, and throwing around terms that, uh, where we end up wondering, what in the world does that really mean? Uh, of course, at the heart of this is something uh, mentioned in the subtitle of the book, mindfulness, living a mindful life. For you, what does that mean? Um. Two things. One, it means richly savoring, or as richly as we can, savoring every moment that we're in. And the mindful part is being conscious of the drama and the chatter and the story that we have about the moment that we're in. It's impossible to not have some of it going on, but, uh, but witnessing it and deciding, is this chatter helpful, or is it, inhab- is it inhibiting a potentially richer moment? 
to you, uh, I, I thought it was interesting that you share a story about uh, one of your first efforts to, in a sense, combat this notion of, of rushing <laughs> yes. through life. It was, a, 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 you were in your mid-20s, you had uh, yes. read something by somebody whose work you admired and embarked on sort of your own concocted experiment in mindfulness, which involved the stairway of the building where you lived. Tell our listeners about this. It's a great story. Yes, this was a, um, a useful experiment of mine, and I decided that I wanted to live more fully in every moment. So my experiment was I lived in a four-story walk-up apartment in the DuPont Circle area of Washington, D.C., and I said, let me just walk up as slowly as I can and really experience the physical reality of that walk. And that was a 10-day experiment, and it, it took me up to 40 minutes to climb the four stairs, and I saw every little crack, every little piece of dirt on the floor, the lighting. And what I learned from that 10 days, the walk up the stairs was just the walk up the stairs. It didn't need to become anything more. And I was trying to turn it into something bigger than what it was. So some moments are, are simple, are transactional, which is what that was. And other moments have richer layers to it. And, and I invite our readers and me to really play with the layers a little bit. That particular walk was just a walk. There were not a lot of layers to it. And it was almost liberating to know I can just walk up the darn stairs. <laughs> right. Well, and I, and I <laughs> guess, know? yes, well, and I think that's one of the things that, that makes your book a bit more approachable and accessible than some books that are written in sort of this same general sphere is yep. that uh, I, I, I appreciate, in a sense, the, the sort of level-headedness <laughs> and sense of practicality to, to which you uh, you, you uh address some of these issues. Before we get into the four keys that you spell out, mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to take a moment to talk about uh, actually a, a lovely German phrase that, that I don't remember hearing before that you talk about. In many respects, this is at the heart of what mindful living uh, is all about. The German term ein Augenblick. Explain to our Thank listeners you. what this term yeah. literally means and, and what it means for you in a sense. I appreciate how beautifully you pronounced that. Thank you, Greg. That was nice. Uh, an Augenblick means literally in German, if you translate, it's, it's within the blink of an eye. And, and, but German tends, Germans tend to say it when, like, wait a minute. If somebody says, couldn't you come over to me? And you say, oh, ein Augenblick. I'll be there in a minute. But, but the, the phrase within the blink of an eye is very powerful to me because within a blink of an eye I can notice something around me that could change the rest of my life. Within the blink of an eye, that very same stimulus could also disappear and it's gone forever. So within the blink of an eye, everything can happen, but it's our job to notice Mm -hmm. and then choose about how we want to respond. And that's the joy and also the, the difficult part about noticing what happens within the blink of an eye. Mm. We're speaking with Akim Novak about his book, The Moment, a practical guide to creating a mindful life in a distracted world. Towards that end, uh, in order to experience life in in a more mindful state, if you will, um, you spell out four keys that you think uh, can make a very, very critical difference, the first of which speaks very directly to what you were just saying, the importance of awakening our senses. I mean, that is, in a sense, the gateway through which uh, 
everything comes into our lives or rushes right past us without really really penetrating. You spell out uh, the beauty of an incredibly simple exercise, which is not even meditation, uh, no. but, but it, it might at a, at a glance look like that. Um, tell our listeners that simple experiment that could get them started on this path towards yes. the senses being awakened. And maybe just to create some context, every actor, and I admire actors, actors are trained to live richly and fully in the moment. And the, one of the first things that every actor does when he or she goes to acting school, they, they, they do some exercises to heighten their awareness of the five senses. And this is a simple exercise, and anybody who listens, you can do this on your own. Uh, and I, I love the fact that you clarified that this is not meditating, but lie, lie on the floor in a room somewhere, a room you know comfortably. I suggest you lie down for five minutes, and if you worry about how quickly five minutes go by, just set a timer close your eyes, and just listen to the sounds around you. Uh, and you will be amazed at what you hear. And the aha moment for me is always, after five minutes, those sounds are there all the time. Like, that's the physical, sensual reality, but we're too busy to notice. And I don't think everything has to be noticed, but how sweet it is to notice some of them and choose whether we want to notice or not. So give yourself those five minutes. It's easy to do. Close your eyes, listen, and you'll be amazed at what you hear. Hmm. It's a really lovely chapter of the book, and you spell out a lot of wonderful suggestions that I think could make a, a huge difference for, for people, including what you call the prerequisite of evicting the debris of the past <laughs> before yeah. we can really uh, experience this uh, in, it, in, its, in its fullness. Um, I, I want us to talk about uh, the second uh, key, which is uh, mm -hmm. about meaning. Your second key is crave meaning. And uh, you actually talk about one of the world's greatest golfers as you begin this, uh, this, <laughs> this uh, discussion. Well, Jordan Spieth, when I was writing the book, he, I, I'm, in, I'm inspired by athletes. I think they do amazing things. I'm inspired by young athletes who achieve great things at an early age. And, uh, you know, Jordan Spieth is one of those amazing golfers who's uh, who's accomplished great stuff at the age of 20, or I think he's 21 now. But when you win a big, a big title, the meaning of that is actually pretty straightforward. It, it's a great win. You work for it. It's a crowning moment. And I quote Jordan Spieth as he talks about winning the, the Masters in Augusta, Georgia. Um, but meaning, there the are two ways to look at it. it. Psychologists often teach us to make meaning of something after an event. We know that we've had a rough year, we've recovered from the year, and then we look back and go, what the heck was that year all about? And we make sense of it afterwards. The kind of meaning that, because this book is called The Moment, that I, I think is the sweetest is when we discover meaning in the middle of a moment as a moment unfolds. And I reference a, a, a Buddhist term called prajna, uh, which really talks about the wisdom we, we tend to trivialize it by calling intuition, but it's a deep knowing in the moment. And the, the best kind of example I can give you, because we've all had this, like we, we meet somebody in a social setting, and we, we get wrapped up in a great conversation, and then suddenly the little voice says, wow, I think this will be a friend for life. Hmm. And that little voice, that's prajna wisdom. Uh, and the moment that a voice speaks to us, 
we have a deeper appreciation of the conversation that we're in. And, and, and that kind of wisdom actually shows up in many different forms and different ways for different people. But people who are, I call life connoisseurs really have developed a, a fine way of sensing more meaning as they're in a moment and in turn appreciate the moments more fully. So I invite all of us to just discover how prajna talks to you. It's not always a voice. It's very personal, and suddenly it will show up everywhere. Hmm. I also appreciate it in this chapter, which has quite a few different sections, one called mm-hmm. Be a Beatnik, which does not really <laughs> mean exactly what that, exactly. that term might, might, might mean. You're actually talking about the beats of life, yeah. and B-E-A-T-S. We're not talking about the root vegetable. We're talking about, and no, nor are we talking about beat as in the pulse of, of music. Mm-hmm. Um, you're using the term beat in a little different way, which I think is is a, a, a beautiful illustration of so much of what you're talking about. Well, our you know our our days tend to be broken into I call them beats, but there's a rhythm and structure to our days. The, the most obvious structure is the scheduling that we do for meetings and other events. Uh, but even within a one-hour meeting with somebody, that can be different different stretches, different feelings, different experiences. So one beat changes into the next. Um, and the, the, the more we are stay conscious of the structure and, and the way the beats change, the more we notice the meaning within the beats. Like if we're running, running, running all day, life becomes one big blur, and there is no meaning to be discovered. We're just running to get things done. But the moment we stop and settle into what are called the beats or the rhythms of the day, uh, that's when the meaning shows itself. So I invite all of us to be, to be conscious of the beats or rhythms of your day, because within them, that's where we, do, where we discover the meaning that's there. The third key is called a wave ride energy. And um, you must know something about body surfing because you certainly describe <laughs> it very, very vividly. And, uh, and, and, and it really offers up some, some beautiful uh, illustrations, some beautiful metaphors about uh, how this can be explored. Yeah, I, I'm a great believer that at the deepest level we experience life energetically. And folks who have an energetic experience of life and can ride the wave in my experiences, have a richer life. And so we play, we investigate some of the different ways in which we experience energy. But if I want to be very simplistic about it in the book, I think there are the two types of people. When, like, there are those folks, when, when a new stimulus, new information comes your way, which is a form of energy, the impulse is to say, well, let me think about it, and I'll get back to you. And, and there are situations where that level of reflection is a very helpful response. There are other folks who are confronted with a new stimulus or a new wave of energy, and they say, gosh, let me ride the wave, and let me see what happens here. And uh, sometimes the ride isn't pretty, but we can get off the wave. But those folks tend to create a more adventurous and richly lived life. So I explore a little bit in the book all the different ways in which energy talks to us, how we notice it, and how we how we choose to respond, and I, I invite folks to take some risks in getting getting on the energy ride. Hmm. And finally, your fourth key is uh, that you invite us to make time stand still. First of all, what is the point of making time stand still to whatever extent that's even possible? 
Well, if um, time really is an artificial construct, right? But um, folks who meditate know this. Meditation, when we first meditate, uh, is not a lot of fun because we notice all all the crap that goes on in our brain, and we're conscious of that. But but there are three levels of, of letting go that tend to happen in meditation. One, we begin to detach from the chatter in the mind. We tend to detach from the urge to get up and run around and do stuff, and we tend to let go of the stress in our bodies. And suddenly, we get to that place that that meditators I meditate call the state of bliss or peace. And and we don't stay there for long. It's a momentary pleasure, but in that moment, we really lose all sense of time, and it's an exquisite experience. And the one benefit of meditating, for example, first thing in the moment in the morning, if if we reach that state of calm, um, we're going to get into turbulent waters during the day, but that calm will inform every interaction in the day, and it will change the way we engage with folks. And, and, and so that way, if, if it gets us to a deeper, richer experience of the world, because uh, in that moment, we really forget about time. Right. We're in a different space. Uh, one, the other, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The other, the other almost opposite extreme, and this is one of my favorite experiences, is I like the word flow or the flow experience, which, um, which is the experience, and, and everybody who listens to, to, to this program has had experience when we're so engaged in an activity uh, that we lose all track of time. Like we're doing something for two hours and we look at the clock and we go, gosh, I thought I was doing this for 10 minutes. Um, so another invitation for everybody is to find more activities that foster that level of engagement for you because in the active activities that, that get us to the flow state, we, we're so engaged that we lose track of time, and it tends to be a powerful experience for us. So you see both of these as positives. I totally do, and they, they sound like opposites, but they're totally complementary in my mind. Hmm. One of my favorite moments in this uh, portion of the book is when you write, no matter in which part of your life you slow down, the benefit is always the same, a noticing, a savoring, an appreciation of the subtle, a willingness to be surprised by the ordinary, a richer settling into a moment. Can you say a word about the walks that you take uh, in and around uh, your, your home uh, just north of Miami? Yeah, it's, I have to really. This is this is where I really call myself on my own crap, if you will. Like I live, um, I live in Hollywood, Florida, just thirty minutes north of Miami, and uh, I live six blocks from a beautiful downtown. And and this is a car culture, so I was in the habit of hopping into my car, opening the gate to the alley, driving to the street, driving six blocks, and then parking the car somewhere. And I was thinking, wait a minute, you could really just walk downtown, <laughs> it, and. It may sound so obvious, but I had to really, that, that was a mental switch for me. And as I start walking, you know, I, uh, I notice more of my neighborhood that I know so well. I notice more of the plants. I see people through windows. You know, I notice a stranger smiling at me as they're walking past me. And um, I, I find myself slowing down and savoring the act of getting from my house to a restaurant in downtown. And, and that sounds so simple, but that's a choice when I'm so used to getting the car to go everywhere. Uh, but that's a slowing down as a way of making time stand still a little bit. Hmm. 
There is so much to uh, enjoy and savor and take to heart in your book called The Moment, a practical guide to creating a mindful life in a distracted world. It is published by New Page Books, a division of the Career Press, and the author, Akeem Novak. Akeem Novak, thank you so much. I am so glad I read your book and so glad I got to talk with you about it. Very best wishes to you. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Greg.